Hey, welcome to the Northside Church Podcast. Our prayer is that God speaks to your heart through these teachings and these messages that are coming out of this house. Our prayer is that you're inspired, encouraged, and convicted by God's Word. Again, thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get into the message. Be turning in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter number 5, if you would. Ephesians chapter number 5, and I'm going to tell you how this morning is going to go. This morning is going to be more of a study than it is preaching because I think we really need to grasp the concept of being filled with the Spirit. I think it's one of those things that are truths that we have in the Bible that's just kind of been neglected. It's kind of been set off to the side and we're consumed with everything else and kind of occupied with everything else in the Bible. And we miss this one very important element of our Christian faith, and that is being filled with the Spirit. So the text is on the screen. You have your Bibles open. We've got a lot of Scripture and a lot of, uh, of, of information to throw at you. So let's start in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 18. Just one text this morning that we're going to focus on. And here's what the Bible says. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit. But be filled with the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine. Do not get drunk with wine. For that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Father, may you bless the reading of your word. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Am I living a Spirit-filled life? Do I even know what it is? And furthermore, how can I live a Spirit-filled life, being filled with the Spirit of God? Do I even care? Do I even care that I need to be spirit-filled in order to live the Christian life? Are there doors locked in my life? Have I compartmentalized parts of my life? Have I sectioned off areas of my life where the Spirit does not have full and complete control and access? There's one pivotal component that is both foundational and it is central to the Christian life. And it is being filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit affects your vertical life with God. And being filled with the Spirit affects your horizontal life with people. And if you note as you study the Bible, and you can do this when you get home, From Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, all the way to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. And then in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, all the way to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9. Right in the middle of these two sections is verse 18. Be filled with the Spirit. A very pivotal part of our vertical life and our horizontal life. Number one, the concept of being Filled with the Spirit. The concept of being filled with 
the Spirit. The vital role that the Spirit plays in a believer's life. The Spirit becomes the believer's unending source of strength and satisfaction. The Bible tells us in John chapter 7, verses 38 and 39, Whoever believes in me, Jesus said, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. The Spirit of God energizes the Christian and energizes the church to be an effective witness for Christ. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, in Samaria, in Judea, and to the whole earth. The Spirit of God is my guarantee. The Spirit of God guarantees that everything that God gives me in Christ is mine. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, In Him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, believed in Him and you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee, the guarantee of our inheritance. And then we learn in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, That the believer is to be under the total influence of the Spirit of God. There's five key areas. Five key areas where the Spirit must have key and complete control of my life. I want you to look in Ephesians chapter number four. Let's look at these key areas real quick. Ephesians chapter four. What are these key areas that the Spirit has to have total control of my life? Well, the first one is this. He has to have total control of my life when it comes to my sanctification and my transformation. I want you to note in verse 17 of chapter 4. Let's just let the text speak to us this morning, loved ones. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as Gentiles. In the futility of your minds, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to their hardness of heart, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, Paul said. You know what he's saying? This is the way believers live. This is the way believers don't live. And I have to let the Spirit of God control me when it comes to Him transforming me into, as Paul said in verse 22, to put off the old self and to put in that what? That new man being renewed every day. Being worked on every day. Here's another key area. He has to have total control when it comes to my attitude and my actions. I want you to note with me in verse 25 of chapter 4. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. Let a thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing an honest work so he can have something to give to those who are in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up and fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear it. Look at me real quick. Every one of us who are believers, we ought to be speaking grace to one another. Look what he said in verse number 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Man, the Spirit of God has to have control over my actions and my attitudes. Here's another key area. 
He has to have control when it comes to me living for Jesus. Look at chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, my, be imitators of God, Paul said. As beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. I need help when it comes to what? Living like Jesus, living for Jesus. I need help when it comes to my attitude and my actions. I need help when it comes to this work that God's doing on me to transform me. Another key area is I need help doing the will of God. I want you to note in verse number 15 of chapter 5 what he said. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And then he said, here's another key area. I need the Spirit to have control when it comes to my marital relationships, my parental relationships, my social relationships. We see that in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 down the... Chapter 6, verse 9. So being filled with the Spirit does not mean that when my spiritual fuel tank is depleted or on empty, that I have to be refilled. That's not what it means to be Spirit-filled. Let me tell you, there's three reasons why I don't have to be refilled. The first one is this. There's no threat of me ever running out of the Holy Spirit of God. You know what the Bible said in John chapter 14, verse 16? And I will ask the Father, and He's going to give you another helper to be with you forever. Here's another reason I don't need to be refilled. The Spirit is given to all believers, just not the called few. Everybody has the Spirit. The Bible tells us, and we read it in John chapter 7, verses 38 and 39. And here's the third reason I don't need to be refilled. The Spirit is given to me at the moment that I'm saved. At the moment that I believe in Christ, I am given the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, you believed, and at that moment you were sealed with the Spirit of God. So being filled with the Spirit is living a life where I've handed everything over to Him. Being filled with the Spirit is when I have handed everything over to the Spirit. Everything over to the Spirit. Now, I want to share a negative here. There are going to come times in your life when you will sin against the Spirit. Bank on it. There's two sins in the Bible. Well, there are actually three, but the two that pertains to the believer in particular. Let me give them to you. I will sin against the Spirit when I grieve the Spirit of God. We read that in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Let me read it just to refresh your memory. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. The first thing we have to understand is this. Only a person can be grieved. And so we have to understand that the Spirit of God is a person. You say, what does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit of God? When I grieve the Holy Spirit of God, it is... Me living like I did when I was an unbeliever. We grieve the Holy Spirit of God when we live like unsaved people. 
Did you catch what Paul said in chapter 4? He said, listen, when you start lying, when you're angry, when you're stealing, when you're cursing, when you're full of bitterness, when you're refusing to forgive, when there's sexual immorality in your life, you are grieving the Spirit of God because you are living like you did when you are unsaved. To grieve the Spirit is to act out in a sinful manner, whether it's in your thoughts or your actions. Here's the second sin that we often commit against the Spirit. It's when I quench the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. Do not quench the Spirit. What does it mean when I quench the Spirit? I am suppressing the fire of the Holy Spirit of God in my heart. You see, my friend, the Spirit is a fire burning within every believer. And you say, what is that fire? He wants to express Himself in your life. He wants to express Himself in and through your life. And we extinguish this fire of the Spirit when He wants to make a mark on our life, when He wants to brand us, when He wants to express Himself, when we are unwilling to comply with what He's asking us to do. There's many ways that the Holy Spirit tries to express Himself through our lives. And here's a few. Through worship. When you don't worship, the Holy Spirit's burning in you and you, 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 He's wanting to, you, you to, to worship and He's wanting to express Himself in your worship, but you suppress Him. He wants to express Himself through your spiritual gifts serving in the church. He wants to express Himself and how you walk with Christ. He wants to express Himself by the reaction we have to trials that we face. The Spirit of God wants to express Himself towards people who have wronged us and hurt us and and really done damage to our faith. He really wants to express Himself through forgiveness and love, understanding. The Holy Spirit of God wants to express Himself through our giving. Whether that be of your time, whether that be of your treasures, whether that be of your talents, He wants to make His mark on your life. The Spirit of God wants to express Himself in so many, many ways. He wants to use me. But when I quench Him, it's when I prevent Him from doing that. The vital role the Spirit plays in our life The vital role the Spirit plays in our life, being filled, does not mean I must be refilled when I'm running empty. Being filled with the Spirit means I've handed everything over to Him. Everything. Here's number two. What are the conditions of being filled with the Spirit? Well, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18, And do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, I want, to, I want you to understand something about this text, and many people use the text for this, okay? The emphasis is not so much on you drinking alcohol as it is you being filled with the right substance. Let me rephrase that. The text is not about drinking alcohol, although it throws that in there. But it's about you being filled with the right thing. It's you being controlled by the right thing. It's you being under the influence of the right thing. Does that make sense to everybody? Because let me tell you something. If you're under the influence of anything else except the Spirit, 
You will not be right vertically, neither will you be right horizontally. The, the conditions of being filled with the Spirit. Here they are, right now. Being filled is a command that must be obeyed. It is a command that must be obeyed. You must understand this. In the Greek text, verse number 18 of chapter 5 is written in an imperative. It's not a suggestion. It's not something that God said, if you feel like it. No, He said, be filled with the Spirit. It's a command that has to be obeyed. I want you to notice that how he kind of makes the comparison. The command, don't be controlled with alcohol, is met with the command, do be controlled by the Spirit. It's a command. Don't be controlled by any other outside influence, but be controlled by what's permanent, by what's eternal, by what's holy, by what's right. You know what he's saying? If you follow, if you are filled with the one, your life will never turn out bad. But if you are filled with the other, we all know it ain't good. The believer must be under the continual influence of the Spirit. And do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, excessive indulgence, excessiveness indulging, going overboard with it. You know what Paul's saying? Man, don't go overboard with this. Go overboard with the Spirit in your life. You see there in your text, be filled. You note that in your text. Be filled literally means be kept filling. Be kept filled. The idea is one of keeping yourself constantly filled moment by moment, day by day, hour by hour, being filled with the Spirit's presence, being filled with the Spirit's power as you live. How do I, how am I to be filled with the Spirit? I think that's a good question, don't you? How do we do this? We want it. We need it. It's commanded. We must obey it. How? It begs the question. How? Well, let me give you three ways. Number one, the Spirit has to have all of you. Let me tell you what being filled with the Spirit is not, once again. It is not you getting more of the Spirit. But being filled with the Spirit is Him getting more of you. Him getting more of you. The Bible said in Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17, So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. Let me say something to you. You don't owe your flesh nothing. You don't owe your, listen, you don't owe your flesh any gratification whatsoever. You don't owe it to yourself to enjoy life one bit. Outside of being controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. Some people say, I, I, it's owed to me. I, I want to live my life. I want to go out and enjoy it. Have fun. Let me tell you something. That will not turn out good for you. Paul said, We're, we are not debtors to the flesh anymore. I owe this flesh not one thing. Look what he said in verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. And look what he says. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body... You will live. For all who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. You, listen, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, 
But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Now let me go ahead and bust the bubble here. It doesn't mean Papa or Daddy in the Greek. That is not what that means. That is a statement of reverence. That is a statement of sacredness. All right? God help us to reduce God down to this fat dude sitting in a recliner where we pull up into his lap whenever we want to talk to him and need help. In Hebrew, this is a very sacred way of, a, of addressing a father. Father, father. Reverence. We've been given that right by the Spirit. Verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then we're heirs and heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also what be glorified with him. Here you go. Here's, here's something. If you want to kill your spiritual life, keep living your life unfilled with the Spirit. You want to kill your spiritual life? Feed the flesh. Keep thinking you have to owe yourself the fun and the excitement of the pleasures of the world because it will kill your spiritual life immediately. It will put it to death. And I want you to understand something. We are obligated to the Spirit, loved ones, to give Him all of us. You know why? Because what? We owe it to Him because He convicts us. He reveals Jesus to us. He empowers us to obey the Father. And here's the great thing. He has given to us eternal life when we trust in Jesus Christ. We owe it to the Spirit to give ourselves completely to Him. The Spirit is the one person, listen to me, the Spirit's the one person that can help you today stop doing what you've always wanted to stop doing. Stop turning over a new leaf on life. Stop waiting till Monday and get a new slate clean. Just let the Spirit help you stop that. We owe it to you. So how do we get filled with the Spirit? The Spirit has to have all of me. Here's the second thing. I must walk in the Spirit. Kind of the same thing. Look what he said here. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You say, How do I become filled with the Spirit? Here's one. You've got to let the Word of God fill your life. You have to let the Word of God fill your life. You know what the Bible said in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 16? Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach it. This, it almost sounds like Ephesians chapter 5. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching you, admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. Listen, if you want to be filled with the Spirit, get filled with the Word. The more you are filled with the Word, the more the Spirit of God will have total control of your life. And that's what we need, church. That's what we need. That's why we are so adamant at Northside. We're about the Word. We're about the Bible. We let the Bible speak for us. We let the Bible speak to us. Because we know that's what the Word of, that's what, that's what the Christian life's about. It's about His Word. I want to know what He says. Amen? Get this. Being filled with the Spirit, the last one here, means total control. You see that word in your text? Do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled. You see that word in your text? Be filled. I would underline that in your Bible if you mark your Bible. Be filled. 
There's three meanings to that word. Here's the first one. It means pressure. Wind blowing in the sails of a ship, providing the power to move that vessel along across the sea. That's what that, that, that meaning is, the pressure. The Spirit is the wind, y'all. John chapter 3, verse 8, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. I got this thought from this meaning, the Spirit is the wind in my sails. He is the one person that is the driving force behind my life living for Jesus. Let me ask you something. Is he the driving force in your life? You say, man, I ain't felt the wind blowing a long time in my life. Maybe you need to pull yourselves up. Maybe you've been trying to navigate by your own strength and you need a little wind in your sail. Yeah. Here's the second meaning of that word feel, permeation. Now this is a very raw, kind of a raw illustration, but it's a good one. All right? So the second meaning of this word feel is permeation. So it's like Alka-Seltzer. You drop two tablets into the glass. What was the old 80s commercial? Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. You drop two tablets in a glass, and what do they begin to do? Fizzle. Then they dissolve. And then all of a sudden, your glass of water turns into thousands of little bubbles permeating the water. You see, when the Holy Spirit of God was dropped into your life, He began to fizzle in your life. The old you began to dissolve out of that life. And then your life began to fill up with all this bubbles, bubbling out of you, bubbling of joy, bubbling of peace, bubbling of love, bubbling of these desires of the Word of God, bubbling, bubbling, just filling you. You're just running over. Now get this though. I don't know about you, but Alka-Seltzer tastes terrible. <laughs> but I'm glad that the Spirit of God doesn't let me leave a bad taste in people's mouths anymore. Here's the last meaning of feel. That's, that one little word's got so much, so much meaning. Here's the last one. I like this one. Domination. The Spirit dominating the believer's life. The Spirit exercising power, influence. He has total control. He commands your life. He changes. He governs your life. He's ruling your life. He's directing your life and He's being the boss. Let me tell you something. Every one of you could come up here and testify and probably be honest with the whole church. You're not a very good boss of your life. But He is. Dominating. Why does the Spirit have to dominate us? Why does the Spirit have to permeate us? Why does the Spirit have to be the driving force in our life? Here's a good reason, and I would write this down. Jesus needs to be alive in my life at all times. Y'all do realize Jesus ain't dead. Amen? Y'all do realize Jesus is alive. You say, how? In you. And the Spirit is how what? The Spirit is what makes Him alive in you. 
I need that dominance. I need that permeation. I need that driving force. I need Jesus to be alive in my life at all times. Here's another reason. My testimony for Jesus is at stake. I need the Spirit to help me because I cannot afford to run His name through the mud because of my, what, foolishness. And here's the last reason. Only when I am dominated and permeated and pressured by the Spirit do I actually understand what my purpose and plan of God is for my life. This is what the Bible said in Ephesians chapter 5. Look carefully how you walk. Pay attention to what you're doing, Paul said. Don't just walk out the front door on Monday morning like you just don't have a clue that you're walking out into a thousand different evils in front of you. He said, pay attention to what you're doing. Look what he said here. Don't walk unwise. Don't walk. You walk wise. Serving. Some of us have wasted more time sitting instead of serving. And we're going to give account to God for all that time we've wasted. You say, Pastor, I'm trying to find direction from God. Man, you can sit and wait for that until the cows come home and still not know it. Get involved. Do something. Be wise. Walk. Don't let time just run under the bridge. Let me tell you the best way you can know the will of God. Get involved and God will tell you exactly what he wants you to do. Do something. Finding the will of God is not sitting, waiting. Doing the will of God is being busy. Amen? Busy, busy, busy. So let me wrap this up. Here's our takeaway. Being filled with the Spirit. Here's our takeaway. Number one, listen carefully. Number one, what areas of my life have I not turned over the Spirit? What doors are locked? Where am I compartmentalizing my life away from the Spirit? What areas are sectioned off where He doesn't have full control? Number two, does the Spirit have all of me? Here's number three. What outside influences are controlling my life? Here's a fourth takeaway. Am I sinning against the Spirit? Am I unwilling to give up my old ways for the new life in Jesus? Am I sinning against the Spirit by not allowing the Spirit to mark my life? Express himself through my life. And here's our fifth takeaway. Is the Spirit of God the driving force of my life? Is he the wind in my sails? Jesus is never more alive in my life until he is when I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I'm never a more stronger witness for Jesus than when I'm full of the Holy Spirit. And I never am more clear on the plan and purpose of God for my life than when I'm full of the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to say this to you with all the love in my heart. If you're missing this aspect of the Christian life, you're missing the Christian life totally. Because you can't be a Christian and not be full of the Holy Spirit of God. He has got to have all of you. Do you? Does He have all of you? 
as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed.